Hey, David. Welcome. Glad you guys are here. Where'd your birthday bride go? Ah, okay. David and Elizabeth are here. Where are you headed next? Houston. All right. I got relatives there, too, so talk to me. Um, he just came from Washington, and uh, they're opening Chick-fil-A's all over the Chick-fil-A is taking over the world, so um, they're, they're opening places all over the place. Anyway, uh, good to have you guys with us. I didn't know you'd be here. Uh, I have a special guest with us today, uh, Pastor Isaac Albert. Uh, Pastor Isaac is from Capetian, Haiti. Uh, he, we've been down over the last couple of years. I have uh, some members of my family, some people from our church to help and minister in his church in Capation. It's a wonderful work that God is doing there. And so he had come in town, has come in town to meet with me for the weekend, and I've invited him to come and to share God's word with us this morning. So I know that you're going to be blessed as Pastor Isaac. Pastor Isaac, again, pastors a great work in Capation, is having a great impact in a country and a city that needs it in a great way, as all countries and cities do, but uh, God is working through him. Uh, he's a father of six. Um, he and I are the same age. He just looks much younger than I do, and uh, he's a, uh, and so uh, Pastor Isaac, come and share what God has placed on your heart this morning. Thank you, Pastor Bob. Well, good morning. Thank you for allowing me to come here. I am very glad to to come here. At, it's unbelievable. I I spent some years in uh, Georgia. That's why I went to college, and I wanted to come to Alabama anytime, but I I've never been in Alabama. It's my first time. Uh, thank you, Pastor Bart. Thank you, Church, for allowing me to come here. Um. Pastor Bart said, I have six children. Yes, Pastor Bart, I only have six. So there could have been more. But uh, anyway, and it's, it's not my fault, all my wife's fault. <laughs> Don't tell her. So <laughs> I am Isaac Albert. I am originally from Haiti in Capetian, the northern part of Haiti. Uh, the best part of Haiti is Capetian. Wonderful. And as a matter of fact, Haiti is a beautiful, nice, a good place, a place of opportunity. And uh, we're championing poverty, but it could reverse. So uh, uh, thank you for sending... Uh, Pastor Bart, the Capetian, twice. And this morning, I am not going to be tempted to preach to you because you have such a great theology. And Pastor Bart, he spoke twice in my church. And, and if I could, I would follow him and become a member here to be fed. Uh, he's capable, so I... I'm going to try to speak of my heart and tell something about Haiti and about me a little bit. 
So don't ex expect me to be Pastor Bart. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I, I am glad that I have the opportunity to serve the Lord. Because I was not born in a Christian fa family or environment. And at the age of 13, I was very suicidal. I wanted to kill my life, kill, kill myself. And, and at that time, God in his grace, in his sovereignty, did something marvelous. And he sent a team from Texas to my background village. And on, my, on their way out, they, it seems like they left some use clothing with the, a Baptist pastor. And the pastor, uh, a few days after, saw me passing by. He offered me one pair of trousers that two days after I looked, I was about to try to wear them, and I checked in the right front pocket, and I found something. And it was a page of the small New Testament Bible, the ones they give the, yeah, the Gideons give in the hotels, put in the hotels. And what was in it? It was the third, it was, uh, the, 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 the third chapter of John. And uh, it was in English, and I didn't know anything about English at all. So I took it, and, you know, somehow God guided me to go to a deacon of a church, a Baptist church. And I asked him, do you think this is part of the Bible? And he said, it looks like it. I said, what it is? He said, I don't know. And after a while, he said, wait a minute, that could be John, John chapter 3. And he took a Bible, he opened it in the John chapter 3, in French it's Jean, chapitre 3. Uh, and he read it, and when he started to read, to read it, and we reached verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, and I asked him, am I in this world that God so loved? He said, yes, you are, you are in the world. I said, give me that God. And, and he prayed with me, and I accepted Jesus. And that the best thing that could happen in my life. And God guided me, led me. They kicked me out of school because I accepted Jesus, because I was attending a Catholic school. And I was an altar boy. So they kicked me out of school. So I had to spent three months in the wood without seeing the face of my father because he would beat me every time he met me because I did that. But for some reason, God sustained me, kept me, and I stayed. I said, God, if you are the God the Bible says you are, and take care of me. And he did. He led me until I could uh, grow up and go to seminary. And after I was married, I had three children. I came to the United States, and, and I went to school and finished. But while in college, I know most Americans don't believe in dreams, but God used dreams to 
God can use any means he wants to express whatever he wants to express to people, to his people. And while in college, uh, I had a dream where I saw a person took me from the States and returned to Haiti with me and placed me somewhere. And uh, he told me, look up. And I looked up. I saw something coming down quickly. And uh, until today, I, I should have looked and finding the, the English word for it. But I don't have it until today. Uh, but it's something you can dig the, a hole in the, in the ground. And uh, in, in French, we call it a louchette. And it was coming. Uh, that thing was coming. I didn't know what it was. And I bowed down. And he said, look up. And he said, take it. And it came to my hand. It said, hit the crown. And I just let it go. And it touched the ground. And the water started to come. Sprang up water. A lot of water. It turns a river in a river that starts like this and going like this. Such small and start to grow. And I saw people were coming with dirty clothes and wash their clothes. In, in countries like Haiti, and developed countries, people go to rivers to clean, to wash their clothes. Wash their clothes, people are coming with buckets and drink, take water home. Uh, the river was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I woke up, I didn't understand what it was, but when I talked to some people uh, at the college and one professor told me, you are called to go back to Haiti and work with the people. And great things is about to happen. And I had that, this in mind, but by the time I uh, finished college, I already had another child. I had three. I came up here with three. And America gave me three more. So <laughs> I, had, I already had another child. And uh, by the time I'm thinking of, of going to Haiti, I already had six. So it, it was difficult, and I wanted to go, but how about the children? How about, I mean, there's a better system here, better education and everything, opportunities here. I mean, you don't want to miss it. But God kept, you know, uh, talking to me and, you know, forcing me to go. And I became so sick, I couldn't do anything. I, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And I don't know if you know what it is, but my case, it was pain all over. Sometimes I can, I can spend like five days mostly in bed and barely could move around. And, and I reached a point, whatever I eat here in America, I'm sick. I would be vomiting and dying and, and everything. And... And I didn't know what to do, and the doctor told me, diagnosed me with that. They said, you know, you're done, you finished, there's no hope. Uh, what I can do, I can document you and go to government and find some help and, and, and live. But uh, you can't work, you can't do anything. And I told the doctor, I don't think this is God's plan for my life. I think he has more. God would not take me from Haiti, brought me here to college, give me an education, Give me a love for him and just for this, no. And even my wife agreed with, with the doctor. I said, okay, honey, you go home, you stay home, take care of the kids, I'll work out. I said, no, you're mistaken. 
And uh, it was bad. And the minute I said yes to God, I said, God, I said, okay, God, I'm here. I'm invalid. I cannot even pay school for my kids. I cannot even do anything. And I have some proudness. I, wanted, I want to take care of my family with my, my own hands. And I, I say yes to you now. And you take care of the kids and make sure they have an education because I want them to be well educated. And I, I went to Haiti. And whenever I, I arrive in Haiti, I'm in Haiti, I can eat rock, whatever, no problem. And I was so sick, I couldn't take care of myself. And when I started to minister, God started to heal people through a sick man. And this morning when pastor was calling you for prayer, for healing, it works. It works. Trust God. Believe. He, he is in the business of healing people. Because I've seen it. It's done. I didn't do it. But it done through my ministry. I remember one lady. One lady who came to me one time said, Pastor. You know, I'm desperate. I said, well, why? She said, I have AIDS. And that surprised me, but come on, God called you to, to, to work with the people. I said, you know what? Look, look at me. And she looked at me. I said, do you know the God that I'm serving is the greatest healer that exists? God can heal you from that. And she looked at me and said, really, Pastor? I said, yes. Really, Pastor? I said, yes. And she had some medicine doctor gave her, and, you know, she was, and she started to throw them away. She said, okay, then I am going to get healed. And uh, she did it. I said, and I started to pray with her. And three months later, in a worship. That's why there's power in worshiping God. There's healing in worshiping God. Just believe. Just trust God. Sometimes in a civilized society like America, we tend to believe in doctors more than God. Reverse it. And you see the glory of God. And three months later, we were having a worship service and Pastor Bart went to our church. When we worship, we worship. <laughs> and she, while we were worshiping, and she fell. She fell on the floor. And I, they were about to pick her up. I said, no, leave her. Leave her with the Lord there. And, and uh, when she got up and she came to me, she said, Pastor, I feel like I'm, I'm healed. I said, take it. You get it. You heal. And a few days later, she said, can I do, go back to redo the test? Because she had many tests done. She said, she had AIDS. I said, wait a minute. I didn't feel it in, my, in myself yet for you to go. And a month after, I sent her to where she had the test done. And she did the test. The doctor did it once. And uh, the doctor said, I have to wait. I have to do it again. And they did it again. 
and they didn't see a trace of AIDS. I sent her to another doctor for another opinion. They didn't see any trace of AIDS. The other thing that she was living with a man in Bahama, in Nassau, Bahamas, but they were not married. And she couldn't go, and the men came down to Haiti, and the men wanted to be in bed with her. And she said, no, you know what? I'm, I was living in sin, and God is restoring me. I'm not going to live in sin anymore. Uh, if you want it, you're going to get married. <laughs> and and uh, the man came to me and said, Pastor, you know, my wife said, I need to get married. Yeah, together. I said, yeah, I agree. And they wanted to get married. By law, I need to have them tested both for AIDS. And I gave them the paperwork. I sent them to the doctor. I said, go test and bring the result to me. Uh, so they did go. And both of them didn't have any AIDS. It was negative. So I celebrated the marriage. And after that, they went back to Bahamas. They are living in Nassau, Bahamas now. But I have uh, seven other cases of uh, AIDS healing. People heal. So God heals. Um, you forgive me if I take too much time because sometimes I want to carry over to, to talk too much. And Pastor Bart, feel free to stop me anytime uh, because sometimes I might be out of control. <laughs> Um, so God heals. God is real. And we need to see God for whom he is. And he'll show us who we are. And then we can have a better life. We, we know what to do. I am fortunate to be here with you. And when I, when I, went, I, I went back to Haiti and I said it to to minister, I look at uh, a conversation, a teaching that Jesus was doing in Matthew chapter 5, uh, the verse 13 where he said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no, no longer good for anything except for, except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And I look at, I look at this, and, uh, and it, it blessed me, and I, I had a better picture of what God wants of, wants of us. And this is what I want to uh, share with you from this passage a little bit and explain to you of uh, Haiti, what we are doing in Haiti. When I look at the text and uh, the text and I 
understand our reason being as Christians. I do. I did understand. Jesus is showing us two metaphors, or, or we can call two parables, he used here. It is just to clarify our reason being as Christians. He said, you are the salt of the earth. And as you know, you use salt, you know the value of, of salt, you know, the function. Salt gives flavor, salt preserves, salt purifies. And uh, for us in Haiti, we do not have uh, the technology, we do not have uh, electricity as you have here. And when we have, if we kill a cow or a goat or we have meat, we want to preserve, we have to use, to use salt because we can only eat for today. And uh, if we want to preserve it for a week or more, we have to use salt. And we have to use the sun to dry it up. And what the salt does, it releases its, uh, its power into the meat and, uh, and protect the meat against being bad. So we... We use it to take off the endangerment of the meat. The salt has to give its substance, release its substance. And uh, if Jesus calls us the salt of the earth, uh, he has his reason for that. It's because he knows that the earth needs us. Uh, that means we need to be authentic. We need to be as, as authentic as possible. We need to make good use of our deposit that Jesus made on our account. And we cannot, afford, we cannot afford to let go of our Christian values. And if there is a time when uh, uh, the gospel is needed, it is now. Because we are living in a darker world. The world is, is at a point where we cannot explain. It's a time of great deprivation. Uh, religious extremists, uh, they, they want to destroy the Christianity in whole. We are experiencing instability everywhere in government and everywhere. Uh, what we can call relativity is uh, is pushing away the absolute. False cults are pushing the Christianity away. Uh, we are living in a time of great deprivation, and to prevail. We need to. Uh, we need a powerful gospel that can prevail, help us to prevail. It is important.
very important. We need to be on the edge because according to what Jesus said here, we are chosen to be in the gap now. And, and, and sometimes we want to be politically correct. We don't want to offend anybody. I know, I know that much about America because I live some time in America. We don't want to offend anybody. You know, it's like everybody has the right for their religion and they might do whatever they do. We said it's it's okay and and we we sit passively and not acting aggressively with the gospel the way we should. But we have a great responsibility as the salt of the earth. As I told you, in my country, without salt, all the meat is going to be bad, going to be rotten, going to, to be bad. And when Jesus said that we are the salt, that means we have a lot of responsibility. And the salt, not of Birmingham, but the salt of the earth. We are earthly citizens, the same way we are heaven, heavenly citizens. We are kingdom citizens. That means we have the responsibility. If the world is going the way it is, it is our responsibility to act. If the world is about to be restored, it is our responsibility. It is my job. It is my responsibility. So, I think it is time to start acting. Not just having the head knowledge, not just talking about it. But we need to stand up and start acting. Because Jesus deposited in our account and he wants us to act. And th th this is what I understand and I understand it. it is my responsibility to go back to Haiti and do whatever I can. Sometimes people are going back to the country or some missionaries are going. They have to raise funds. They have to do this to live. Uh, they do well to do that, but when I decided to go to Haiti, it's like even my wife thought I was crazy because I didn't have one person in America that said, I would give you $10 a month to live on. I said, God, you want me there? I'm going to be there. I'm going to go there. And I went there. And, I, when I, and God gave me his favors. When I started to minister to the people, and it, it, it's not my knowledge. It, it, it's, not, it's not that. It's it just God called me and I am being obedient and he is using me as a tool. And all I did is showing them to establish a relationship with God. I don't preach stop stealing, stop committing adultery, stop doing this, don't do this, don't do that. No, I, I try to bring people into a good 
relationship with God. And God opened their eyes and their behavior started to change. In uh, and, and, and a country like Haiti, it's like people are in poverty. It's everything goes. I mean, people are trying any way possible. You know, some people are being pastored just to get some help from some people. Some people, are, you know, a lot of bad things are happening. And the, the church um, now, it's a good size church, has a good number of people. But you know what? Uh, we had, lately we had a person that, it's like every once in a while I give him a, a Sangwood. Sangwood is, is equal to two U.S. dollars now. And in need, in big need. And she found a 200 Haitian dollars in the church. I mean, you, you're talking a church that are gathering of more than 2,000. And a lot of people, he, she, he found a 2,000 dollar, Haitian dollar. And he would bring it to the pulpit saying, here's what I found. This is not mine. You may not understand that, but it is difficult when you are in need. When you, 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 you are in need and to accept, to suffer, but to behave according to the word of God. That means a lot to me. In the beginning, cell phone used to get lost in the, in the, in the gathering. Now, any cell phone, a person forget it, it falls, and they would bring it here and find the owner and get it. So people are being changed or being transformed. And this is what we are called to, to do as salt of the earth, as light. We need to shine. You know what? When we don't shine, if, if, if Jesus is talking about light, the, 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 the opposite of, of light, I would say it's darkness. It's because he knows there's so much darkness. And the only way to deal with the darkness is the light. And if we are the light, we need to shine. And when we shine, we are pushing the darkness away. The darkness will not be able to prevail. So, we have great responsibility. I know American people, how <laughs> we are self-centered. Excuse me if you forgive me. Uh, we are raised this way. That's the American culture. That's how the way it is. It's me first. It's me. You're capable. You're good. You're this. You're that. But at this point, I would request that you see the Lord first and make sure that you you follow his steps, what he says to do and start doing it. Don't try to be politically correct. You won't be, you know, we are pilgrims on earth. Everything comes and goes. Money comes and goes. Your family members come and go. Uh, the car, the nice car you have came and will be gone. We are pilgrims on earth. I believe one mission we have is to prepare our eternity. Uh, 
That would be my advice for the church. We are citizenship of heaven together. I'm your brother. We are citizens together. But concerning Haiti, Haiti is a depraved place. A place where poverty and satanic oppression is. You cannot go to Haiti and miss it. You cannot miss it. And for some reason, God put me in the heart of it. And uh, to deal with it. It's like an everyday, constant situation. I know for some of you, the intellectuals, you might, you might be skeptic about it because you are not used to it. It's not real. But as an Haitian living in Haiti, I'm telling you, it's true. It's true. It's a constant battle, spiritual battle every day. Where um, we are having the church now, it's, it's a place where they used to kidnap people and keep kidnap people in there. They, have, they had a witch, uh, doc, a witch uh, doctor place, a voodoo place in there. They had a sacrifice hole in there where they put human blood, kill people there. And I didn't know all that when we bought this land. Maybe I would not buy it. And it was a terrible place. And when we bought it, I finished buying it. And the person I bought it f from, and, and he said, what are you going to do there? I said, a church. He said, it will not work. And I said, this one will work. And I'm telling you, it works. <laughs> uh, we, we're having big gatherings where people are flocking around. People are sometimes, we can never, one thing we can never have enough is seats, chairs for people. Uh, and whenever, if you ever think about changing these chairs, send them to me. I can use them. Also, but I request it. Change them. How long ago you had them, Pastor Bart? Okay. Okay. If it's time and I'm praying that it's about time, you can send them to me. Okay. <laughs> so, God is working in a mighty way. There are people that were desperate. They came to the place and God lifted them, them up and they can live. But it's under big, a lot of persecution. One time I had a witch doctor that came to me while we were fasting in the church. And he came inside of the church. He said, you trouble the area. I'm going to stab you. While I was in the church. <laughs> and I didn't say a word. And he left. And he abandoned the area. I've never seen him again. God took care of him. There was a guy with the power. Of, I had to show you the power of God. 
against the power of the enemy. God took care of him. There was a guy that came. We have a coconut tree in the yard. And he came while we were having a meeting there. We didn't see him. He climbed the coconut tree and he took a lot of them. And he was going out. And the God we had there told him, what how did you do that? What for you did that for? He said, don't talk to me. And he came and told me and I went. I saw him. I said, who gave you permission to go there and do that? He said, Pastor, if you talk to me, I have my maturity. I'll go inside there in the church meeting. I'll start chopping heads. I said, really? And um, I returned. I left, I, let, I, let, uh, I left him. And on my birthday, January 3rd, one month after he said though, so, and he was invited by, three of them were invited by a witch doctor, they were having a feast. And he went, they went there. And a witch doctor took this man and chopped his head, cut him piece by piece, and nobody, nobody saw him afterward. There were three of them, and uh, there's another one, they started, they started to chop him, hit him on the head. And he felt like he was dying. And he said, Jesus, Jesus, are you going to let me die? And he said, he felt like a strength came to him. And he started to run because he didn't know what to do. And he started to run. And five men went after him with machete. They wanted to kill him. And he was saved. And the next thing we know, he came to the church bleeding and explaining everything, give the testimony. So, it, God is at work. God can defend himself. <laughs> and it was, that happened on my birthday. That was a gift the Lord gave me. So, <laughs> so uh, God is at work. So, it's a great work. But the problem we have is, you know, a country like Haiti, the work is becoming too I would say too big for me in a sense. It's overwhelming. The church is big and in a sense have good number of people. And the contribution is very low, you know, it's it's very difficult. And to keep even to keep a staff, it's 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 hard. I have different pastors that I have ten pastors now. We are friends, they come to the meeting day submit application that they want to be with our mission and but in order to do that I need to be able to support them uh, in a sense uh, you know not pay them because I don't believe in, in, in paying them but support them so it's kind of difficult and and that many people we need uh, teaching that's why I would request that Pastor Bart would come sometimes and bring uh, some of you to come and help us offer seminars and, and, and train leaders, train people, help training people because it's too much for me because the church grew too fast that I, couldn't, I didn't have time to really organize everything. And uh, I do what I can, but I need you to help me, my brothers and sisters, in order to, to touch the country. We have the privilege. God gives me favor.
for the country. The northern part, Capetian. We have pastors in each. We have 19, we call them communes that are under the town of Capetian. And we have pastors in all of them that are interested in being part of the mission we're doing. We did too much. And believe me, we are not against the people that are practicing homosexuality. But we believe that it is not a Christian act. And God didn't mean for that to happen because he created one man and one woman. And when they wanted to legalize that in Haiti, and I was praying on a Saturday, asking God to stop it. And I heard a voice saying, you, what you are doing about it? And I started to call pastors around. In two weeks, we had a march in town. We gathered over 200,000 people and in Capetian. And um, this was the biggest march against legalization of the homosexuality in Haiti. And last, and, uh, last year, again, December 21st, we had another one. We had over a quarter million people uh, on the street. So I am placed at a position to help changing the country, which is a favor because when I see me, the sick guy that God took and God restores and is using, it, it, it is a blessing. Uh, the country needs partners, not quite masters, but past <laughs> partners. Um, I'm glad I could come here to, to talk to see you, to talk to you to see where Pastor Bard is, the beautiful people Pastor Bard is pastoring. The country needs you because God places you as the salt of the earth. The salt has to do its job. We have a dying world. There is a need. Yesterday I came to Pastor Bart, I mean, the day before yesterday, and I have a need that Mrs. Bart, I call her Mrs. Bart, I call her Mrs. Bart, Mrs. Bart. Uh, she fell uh, without, you know, knowing. I have a need in me that I'm hypoglycemic. That means the level of sugar of my blood is sometimes too low. And sometimes I need some sweet things. And, and uh, Mrs. Bart, in uh, dinner last night, she made some cookies. And they were the best cookies I ever eaten. And what I mean, I had a need that she didn't know, but she fulfilled it. I think I ate three or four of the cookies. <laughs> she, and and they, they were good. And that makes me want to, to stay an extra day. Uh, it is the same thing. There is a need in this world. We. And when we, I say we, but when you're thinking, think about me. God needs you. 
respond to God's calling. Please support. I won't, I'm asking that you can support the work we are doing in Haiti. We want to take Haiti for God. It's not because there are churches. There are plenty of churches in Haiti. But the deepness that we are going, the people understand and the people are flocking uh, for God. People need God. You might think that there, there is no need for God uh, for preaching the gospel because gospel is being preached, TV, radio, etc., etc. No. If there is a time, there is a need for the gospel is now. And we need to see it like this and take it and go with it. Do what you can, the way you can. And God will be pleased with you because you are the kingdom citizen. God counts on you. And please help us to make it possible in Haiti. We want to get Haiti for God. May God bless you. Just reach out your hand toward Pastor Isaac. Let's pray for him and the work that God is doing in that place. Lord, we thank you for uh, the truth that the gospel uh, includes all. And we thank you for Pastor Isaac and the work that there is going on in Haiti and the, and the anointing that you have given him to minister to his countrymen. Lord, we pray your blessings upon him. We pray your safety around him. We pray that you give him wisdom in the proclamation of the gospel. We pray that many others would come to know Jesus Christ as the one who rules their lives and forgives their sins. We pray that, God, they would indeed, uh, the church there in Capetian, would be salt and light to the entire country. Lord, we thank you for my friend. We speak blessings over him today, his wife, his family. And pray that, God, you would bless them mightily in the days ahead. Lord, we are so grateful for the privilege of partnering together for the gospel. Lord, we bless you. We praise you. And we just say thank you for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, my friend.